When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Reckless Speculation Thursday here. Reckless Speculation. Yeah, it's our favorite day of the week. It's, we, we, we are so uh, enamored with Reckless Speculation that we have scheduled it weekly minimum and then sometimes even give you Monday Reckless Speculation here. Uh, we can't quit it. We quit. It's, a, feel, it's a lifestyle. I feel like more people are jumping on the, yes. the, the lifestyle choice as well. Don't you guys like it feels like more and more people are coming around to our side of like three years ago, two years ago, our guy Roycey, right? That's never going to happen. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it it until it happens. Like how many times did he used to say that? He now comes in with things like, I think Byron Buxton's not happy here. (laughs) I think they're going to trade Barrios. And that was a month ago. Yeah. So, so I'd like to just say. Welcome aboard, one and all. Speculation. We need to get him to cut one of these. Reckless. You know what? That's a great idea. But the point is, whenever you make the decision to come aboard, come aboard. There's plenty of room. Don't be afraid, okay? I know sometimes it's weird to talk and think and speculate on things that may have a smaller percentage chance of happening, but uh, it's all we really have here. We don't have championships. The links, Mm -hmm. thank you very much, but it's been 30 years. So let's start with, so we've got, we're going to get Doogie on the show again today from the five eyewitness news sports department. Um, we're going to get into some old tweets exposed as Declan digs into the internet, but let's do a little twins trade rumor roundup. If you guys would indulge here, oh, absolutely. the latest on twins trade speculation. So this is from ESPN.com's David Schoenfeld. And I would say, so we've now created the three different color levels of reckless speculation, right? There's yellow, which is more just theorizing. There's orange, which is, all right, there's some smoke here. There's definitely, like, there's some reporting and some chatter and some sources. Ben Simmons is orange, right? Yep, Ben Simmons is orange. orange one. Yep. And then red would be, like, the, like, Woj bomb. Mm -hmm. Like, these talks are happening. Yeah. You know, Shefty bomb. You know, my sources are telling me. Yeah. My sources, yes. So this is probably more like yellow into orange here from David Schoenfeld, ESPN.com. Quote, the most valuable potential trade piece for the Twins could wind up being Taylor Rogers, one of the top lefty relievers in Major League Baseball. He's under team control for another season, 2022, but he'd, need, uh, but he'd fill a need for just about every playoff contender. 
Um, I'll add this one, then we can just discuss amongst ourselves. This is from our friend John Morosi, MLB.com and Network Insider. The Yankees, he believes, could make a, quote, major bid for twin starter Jose Barrios at the trade deadline. Reckless speculation. The Rodgers thing is interesting because, uh, as Schoenfeld gets into here, at the trade deadline, it's it's not as much about who the best players are that might be available. It's about who needs what positions, right? And almost every team in contention needs another reliever. Like, is there any team in Major League Baseball right now that looks and says, we have eight lights-out studs in our bullpen. We are ready to plow through the playoffs with full confidence. I would venture to guess that even the best teams in baseball are looking at their bullpen saying, ah, all right, we could probably, especially now that we can't use spider tag anymore, like, we could probably use another (laughs) reliable arm out there. So in terms of, like, which player on the Twins trade block would garner the most interest, Taylor Rogers might be number one. And Barrios is probably two. And then Nelson Cruz is probably last because half the league can't trade for him. And then the other half of the American League isn't contending. And so it's like a really small slice of Major League Baseball that would even want a a designated hitter. So what are your guys' thoughts? My thoughts are are this. When it comes to Barrios and Rodgers in particular, who I both believe are slated to hit free agency after the 2022 season. Uh, This is why privately the Twins need to find out, can we sign them? Because if the answer is, you know what, I'm going to market. I mean, I think Barrios might flat out say, I'm going to market because he could get something huge. And if he's going to do that, right now is the time to shop him. Right now is no, because we don't know. If we're going to have a 2022, and if we do, when's it going to start, right? Because it's almost certainly, if you're being realistic about this, not going to start on time. So to me, the most important thing that the Twins need to be doing right now, and if they're not, it's almost baseball malpractice contractually, is finding out about those two players in particular, what it's going to take to lock them up. And hell, if you can lock them up now, that's absolutely fine. If you can't, I shop them both. I shop them both, and and I think that there's going to be teams that would pay a big price for Barrios and Rodgers. Again, he'd be a guy that you theoretically would be getting for the pennant race in 2021 and then be uh, theoretically, again, getting for all of 2022. So I take this as a no-brainer. You have to shop them if they are telling you behind the scenes you can bid on me, but a lot of people are going to because that that's the place, Phil, that you can't take the chance. And as much as we want to pound the table and talk about the cheap poll ads and they don't spend and blah, 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 guess what? Unless you can get the Josh Donaldson contract off the books, the fact of the matter is contracts like that are going to figure into the thinking. Like they're, they're not going to say it's a capitalist league. Who cares? The majority of teams in this league don't say that. So all of this leads me down the path that if you don't feel – or you've been flat out told it's going to be tough to sign one or both of those guys. Good business is to shop them right now. And and my guess is, without tweeting it every single time, that's what guys like Morosi and Schoenfeld are thinking as well, or probably more likely being told. You want more? I got more here. Oh for boy! You guys. How reckless more. is it? It's, yeah. Can you OD? All right, this is from fansided.com, and it's a recap. It's an MLB Trade Rumors recap from, I want to say, like Tuesday of this week. 
It's MLB trade rumor season, and both the Cardinals and the Twins have reportedly begun trade discussions ahead of the deadline. The Twins are in the middle of an abysmally awful season, and as the deadline approaches, it's becoming more and more likely they end up as sellers. That's great news for the Cardinals, who after losing ace Jake, uh, it's Jack Flaherty, I believe, they called him Jake here, if you're wondering about the credibility of this author, uh, have begun to crater in a very winnable NL Central race. The Cardinals need starting pitching, and the Twins appear to have exactly that. And so naturally, the two sides are in the beginning stages of talking about potential deals. According to MLB insider Robert Murray, the Cardinals and the Twins have begun the process of talking about trades, although the needle isn't moving quite yet. And this is from the article uh, that Robert Murray wrote. Indeed, the Cardinals and the Twins have had trade discussions, sources said, with talks described as preliminary and more of a, quote, feeling out more than anything. So... Twins are feeling things out here in the uh, last couple weeks of June. So the Cardinals list, if if we were to look at potential starting candidates for them, the Cardinals list would have Barrios, I think, probably within their top three. But I think the guy atop that list is, if I'm not mistaken, a, a Missouri native, Max Scherzer. So I think they would start with Scherzer, but Barrios Wait, would... You're, but, you're saying that, that they would try and trade for Scherzer? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm yeah, saying okay, the, Car- the Cardinals wish list... Uh, would probably have Brios within, I think it'd be realistic to say, the top three, right? But Scherzer would probably be atop that list, but that's going to take a ton to get. So, yeah, I think that um, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Cardinals, there, there's probably... Tampa? <laughs> the Grandlands, the Niederreiters, there's probably, what, six six to eight teams? Six teams? Yeah, and I will say, like, before we, you know, I, I am on team... Contract extension here for Jose Barrios and Byron Buxton. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no salary cap. Ooh. I understand that, that there are constraints that you're not. It's not realistic to expect professional sports owners to take losses year after year. And so in baseball, your salary cap is really just like the revenue cap on your franchise. And the Twins are nowhere near the top of the league in revenue, and that's why they're nowhere near the top of the league in payroll. It's pretty pretty simple. So um, with that said, I understand that you can't just – like the Twins aren't just going to dole out contract after contract. They have to be picky and strategic with the contracts that they dole out. Jose Barrios is a guy that ideally you'd have in your rotation for the next three to five years in his prime and, and cross your fingers and hope he doesn't get hurt. Just because he's not an ace doesn't mean he's a failure and shouldn't be signed. And I think some people are sort of in that mindset, well, he's not an ace. And so he's a failure. It's like, no, he's a really good starting pitcher. And by the way, he was pretty damn good in five lights-out innings in the playoffs last year against the Houston Astros. So, And they pulled him from the game probably earlier than he needed to be pulled because Rocco has just an obsession with putting mediocre relievers in third time through the order, right? So I would, I would, look to, I would be aggressively looking to sign him to an extension, although Barrios' camp has a ton of leverage right now because they can just sit there and say, oh, we're happy to go to I free think agency to in a year him. and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Buxton, like that, that conversation can be tabled till the offseason now because obviously he's not going to be traded while he's on the injured list. Uh, so we can have that conversation later. But I would, I would still be looking to sign Barrios as opposed to trade him. But I'm in on having these conversations. And if you can get, so what would you need back in the area for Taylor that would make you trade him? Because that one does intrigue me because I think that you could get a lot. I do too. I mean, think about that. This is this is ten years ago, and so it's not. It's kind of apples to oranges. But remember, 
when the Twins traded for Matt Caps, who is who was not as good of a reliever oh. ten years ago as Taylor Rogers is now, they gave up one of their top ten overall prospects, right, and one of the top catching prospects in baseball in Wilson Ramos, and it, and and at the time the, the you know Joe Nathan had gone down before the season with Tommy John surgery, and the Twins had a really good team that just needed some more back end bullpen help, and they were so desperate for anyone like they weren't trading for Mariana Rivera in his prime, they were trading for Matt Caps. Mm-hmm. And they gave up Wilson Ramos. So teams get oddly desperate for relief pitching help. And the fact that he has a year and a half left on his deal, just like Matt Capps did in 2010, somebody will give up more than you think for Taylor Rogers out of desperation. So I would, I would 100% trade Taylor Rogers, like no questions asked. I have no interest in signing him to an extension. You should not be looking to sign 30-year-old 30 year old. Uh, relievers to big money extensions like it's just not good not a good way to operate your payroll so i would 100% trade taylor rogers if you can get like the top th- like a third best organizational prospect for him i would i i, I don't i don't see Wait. any team i don't see any team giving up a one or two prospect for for taylor rogers. what do you mean by that like if there's I, no team no team will ever give up their top prospect for a well, reliever well, though. well, well the twi- but the point is with the twins and wilson ramos they did do that that was 11 years ago but they did do that for Matt well, Ra- well, Ramos at the time was probably like their fifth or sixth best organizational prospect when they gave him okay. up. Just like so, Aaron Hicks was above him. Yeah, Ben Revere was above him. Um, and then they had a couple pitchers that were. If you look at that list now, it's like oh, mm-hmm. it's a who's who of sort of failed prospects. But he was probably like their fifth best prospect. Yeah, uh, but I, I would entertain a Taylor Rogers extension. I think he's your best reliever. I know it's. I know it's. He's going to be entering his age thirty. Or he is thirty right now. Or, but I, I would entertain. I think Doogie even our last scoop said, "Would you give three years, twenty four mil for Taylor Rogers?" And I honestly, I would do that contract. I would wow. do that contract. But if you could get, but if you could get a, a another team's fifth best prospect for him, I'd do that before yeah. the contract extension. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it either. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't die on the hill of extending him. But I, I am interested in it. This is just kind of like like what I would worry about with an extension is this is about the age and number of successful years in a row where relievers start to hit the cliff. You know, it, you have four or five really good years in a row and you're 30. You know, it's it gets really, really shaky after that. And we saw him. He was shaky last year. You know, it's he's a really good reliever, but he's not like he's not this dominant. elite lights out no. dude. He's not like Araldus Chapman or Josh Hader, and he's just going to be amazing for ten years. I would, I think it's a great opportunity to just sell high on a guy. I would actually be very wary about giving him seven or eight million dollars a year if it took away from my ability to to do some other things. But you know, then again, like to Declan's point, who's pitching next year for this team? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like they don't they they don't have any if yeah. if they trade Barrios and and Taylor Rogers it's like you're basically punting on 2022 you're, so yeah but I think baseball's going to punt on that year as well so I wouldn't worry about it too much <laughs> well that front offices aren't thinking well there's going to be a lockout that ruins baseball <laughs> well, so perhaps, let's make dumb decisions perhaps at the, the twins should have should uh, b- bring me on board as a consultant who can tell them there's going to be a lockout don't worry about it. <laughs> Just send Dave St. Peter your hourly rate for yep. you're not, consultant fee. You're not starting the season, let's say that. Uh, all right, we're going to get into some old tweets exposed here. Um, our Twins discussions every day are brought to you by our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. If you're looking to ride off into the trade deadline sunset, with or without Taylor Rogers. <laughs> oh, is Jose going to get on the bike? He is. He's going to get uh, on the the, I bet he, I bet the Harley, partakes. the sport bike, or the Metro Cruiser. Which <laughs> yeah. one's he going to get on? Uh, well, whatever he rides, 
you can find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. And if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. When the open road calls, DennisKirk.com is the answer. They ship today. All right, Declan. You're going to ruin our reputations here with some old tweets exposed. <laughs> We've done that already. Don't worry oh, yeah, about that's it. That's no problem. Declan's not going to do a thing to no. hurt it any more than it's been hurt. Not at all. You know uh, what? On Tuesday and Wednesday's Purple Daily Show, we spent a lot of talk on kickers. A lot of talk on Greg Joseph and Vikings kickers. So yeah, we did. It's a Blair Walsh edition yes. of old tweets oh, no, dude. exposed. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll go in chronological order, actually. Start with Judd Zolgad. December 31st, 2012, Blair Walsh continues to be the Vikings' Mr. Clutch, plus plenty of other notes from today's game. Now, this was after the Week 17 win, but Mr. Clutch, Blair Walsh. So this was after 1.23 a.m. Why was I up so late? You you were your Judd, and you were probably working the game. It was a night game. I think it was the Sunday night game. Was, this was Leslie Frazier era Vikings football here yeah. too. So this yeah. is so Blair. So this was Blair Walsh's rookie, rookie year. year. Yeah, yep. and he was, he was great ten that for year. ten from and downtown. He was, he was good. Mr. And then 2013 was Leslie's last year. So so Blair Walsh's meltdown playoff thing was like the third year of his career. Then yes, it was Mike's. It was yeah. Mike Zimmer's. Yeah. yeah, he got off to a or break. Might have been further than that. Because like Zimmer didn't make four. the playoffs in for in year was, one, so it was 2015. Year four for yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's he um, is super clutch, though. I agree with Judd. He was really clutch back <laughs> then. Okay. I take an early lead, but I haven't seen your guys yet. All right. <laughs> no Mackie. December 11, 2015. I'm all for trying to rack up an extra 10 to 12 yards on that third down play, play because Blair Walsh, like most kickers, <laughs> is better when close. I love how you abbreviated kickers <laughs> yeah. despite the fact you had plenty of characters left. Did I, though? This was 140 character yeah, this Twitter. Yep. This is back in the day. This good. is you know, this. Yeah. It used to be just 140 characters. Was yeah. it 140? So yeah. Like, All right. It's 280 now. They doubled yeah. it a they few years ago. Yeah. But better when closer. And then what? Three weeks later, because this was tweeted December 11, 2015. Oh, so yeah. Wow. So then, like three weeks later, mm. on a pooch kick, uh, just a, just a little bit mm. wide wait. left. Okay. Mm. Wait a second. So I tweeted this. Hold on a second. Okay. Was this tweeted before he missed the 27 yarder? Yeah. This yeah. is this okay. is the 2015 season during the season, and then it, it was okay. the wild card game would be next month. <laughs> That's amazing foreshadowing right there. Ooh. He's so much better, better when closer. When closer. Just get, now, in fairness, if you get him inside 27 yards, I think he's fine. But you know, <laughs> it's a little shaky around that 27 yard mark. All right, let's see it. Mine's not. Mine's not too bad. Mine's not too egregious for once. Uh, but November 8th, 2015, where the Blair <laughs> oh, that's pretty at? bad. This is, this no, is that's bad. pretty bad. No, that's bad. You're, this is You're before. T- you're thumping your chest. Yeah, man. you are taking a victory things. lap on Blair Walsh. But this was before Mackey's tweet. This is now two months before the, the missed kick. I don't think this is as egregious as Bill's. Oh, these are all pretty bad. Yeah. So we've got bad. Judd calling Blair Walsh Mr. Clutch. Which is, we've got we've got me yeah. saying how great Blair Walsh is. Blaine He's closer. so much more reliable, close range. But then there's Declan thumping his chest yep. and saying, where are the Blair haters at now? The Two De- months before he missed a 27-yarder. The Declan Goff victory lap here is awesome. <laughs> like, you're literally taking a victory lap. Hey, where, hey, where are they at? Where are you at, Blair Walsh haters? <laughs> so, all right, I will say I think all three of these are, are definitely incriminating. I'm going to give Judd's a little bit more of a pass because his article was like Blair was like 10 for 10 yep. from 50 yards. And at the time, he was an all pro kicker that year. He, he went to the Pro Bowl, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Boy, I think it's between Declan and I for who's got it worse here. Judd, you can make the decision. They're both pretty. They're both pretty good. They're delicious because of the year delicious. that they came out, and right before the yeah months, right before the weeks, mess. weeks, not even months. Weeks. I, I'm going to give it to Phil based on this, the proximity thing of where the kick came from, and then the fact that he missed a 27 <laughs> yard attempt, which is basically what Phil's saying is get it within 25, 27 yards, and be perfect. He's perfect. He'll be fine. <laughs> They're going to Arizona to play the Cardinals, second round. <laughs> Bring it on, Teddy Bridgewater. All right, so that's uh, old tweets exposed here every single Thursday. We we just make make sure that our credibility is in check here oh, on this show. All right, Reckless Speculation Thursday will continue with our friend Darren Doogie Wilson from 5 Eyewitness News. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Yes, welcome in to this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can find his weekly scoop podcast on scornorth.com and anywhere else you find podcasts. He brings inside information about your favorite local sports teams here. Doogie, we have been just on an absolute Timberwolves offseason speculation bender this week. I love it. Bring it on, Phil. They don't have a draft pick as of right now, and so we're just looking ahead to trades and different things. So I guess like, just a broad question to start with. The Suns and the Hawks have both just made these ridiculous, mediocre rises to their respective conference finals. They might play each other in the NBA final. I still think the Bucs win that series, but um, can't. Is there hope for the Wolves to make a big jump, depending on what they do this offseason, and what can they learn from the Suns and the Hawks? Well, define a big jump. Like, to me, a big jump for this franchise (laughs) is just to become relevant across the landscape of the Western Conference. So that, to me, entails next year. You know, Judd and I talked about this on Wednesday. I don't think the play-in tournament is going anywhere. The NBA hasn't made it official that the play-in tournament will be back next year, but... Presumably it will be so for the Wolves, for them to become relevant in the landscape of the Western Conference, they need to be one of the top 10 seeds. So even if they're the 9 or the 10 seed and have an opportunity to play themselves in to a first-round playoff series, or if we're defining that then as a second-round playoff series, whatever, moving on from that play-in tournament, that to me would be you know them proving that there is some sense of relevancy. But... You know, they still need all sorts of work with that roster, Phil. Like, this roster is not complete. And you mentioned, you know, all sorts of different trade possibilities. Going back to May, I did a season wrap-up about a 35-minute conversation with Gerson Rosas on the Scoop podcast soon thereafter, or maybe it was a week before, whenever. I talked to Glenn Taylor. Both Glenn and Gerson said the path to them improving this roster this summer is via a trade or multiple trades that they are going to explore all sorts of trade possibilities that we now know they don't have a top three pick. You mentioned it. They don't have a draft pick. People forget that they actually gave up their second round pick in that Russell Wiggins trade as well. And I mean, that would have been pick what 36. It would have been top 38, top 39. I mean, that's a pretty good pick that unfortunately the wolves don't have, but that they can make some trades to improve. You know, they do potentially have the mid-level exception depending on some things. So that's what I mean where they're not now tied to giving the first overall pick, the second overall pick, the third overall pick, you know, a monster, you know, rookie contract. Although that would have been a good problem to have, right? Like if you had a top three pick, hey, fantastic. But they now have a little bit more flexibility in terms of maybe bringing in 
a street free agent, but I don't think you're bringing in anybody of of substance that way. Maybe somebody that can be a rotation guy, but like whether it's a Miles Turner, a Ben Simmons, those are two common names. Maybe some other names. What happens in Washington with Bradley Beal? Maybe some other potential possibilities. Like that's the path to them, you know, wholeheartedly improving this roster and making a run as soon as next year. As it relates to the Suns and the Hawks, Phil, like you see a Trey Young, Devin Booker. I guess the hope would be that the Wolves have this dynamic scoring wing, a guy that can create on his own in Anthony Edwards, that Anthony is the alpha, that if this team is going to take a jump or a significant jump up, that it's going to be on the back of Anthony Edwards, not Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell. So what do they have to trade? So if the Wolves Dukes are going to make a substantial deal, because we're talking about some pretty big names here, it's clearly not going to be, hey, you know what? You take a Kogi and Culver, and it's going to be fantastic. What do the Wolves realistically have to trade if they're going to reshape or remake part of this roster? By the way, do you have an Eddie Rosario bobblehead? Why do we have Brad Racky? Eddie <laughs> Rosario making his return to Target Field tonight. Home right now. He, he was at Red Cow last night. Oh, was he really? Yes, really? I'm a red yeah. Oh, boy. Really? Scoops. Scoops. Declan Titan Scoops. Big time Declan Titan Scoops. Huge. What, was, he, was he swinging at everything that walked by? Every burger that came was, <laughs> like, was like, high or low. Yep. He was like ultimate burger, 40, 60. It doesn't matter. From the chin to the knees, he was, he was swinging down. <laughs> Look at Declan coming through. It's a reckless speculation Thursday about Red Cow. Well, I just came from, how about this for name dropping? Sam Hentges will be the starting pitcher for the Indians on Saturday. He went to Moundsview High School, so I was just hanging out at his childhood home. I caught up with mom and dad in Shoreview. So the Indians, like the Twins, had Wednesday off, the rare Wednesday off day. I know. So the Indians flew to town after their Tuesday night game got in, you know, 2, 3 in the morning, but it was cool for Sam to be able to go see Grandma up in Monticello yesterday, to be able to catch up with his family. His sister Annie is celebrating her 23rd birthday today. He was able to be there for dinner last night to celebrate so he's her birthday. So, yeah, so what I'm getting at is the Indians are one of those teams that's at the 85% <laughs> threshold, right? I mean, yeah. the evidence that yeah. Declan provided, right? Eddie Rosario being able to go to Red Cow. Yeah. Like, the Cubs are not at 85%. So if you're no. Anthony Rizzo, the Cubs were in town right now. You weren't going to see Anthony Rizzo at Red Cow. No. Right? So that's not. a good scoop, Declan. But anyway, to answer your question, Judd, Ricky Rubio is an expiring contract. Okay. Malik Beasley has two years guarantee left on his deal. As he sits in the right county jail, but when he's in the right frame of mind, when he's on the court, he... The way that you dropped yeah, that, yeah, I know. He's not working out. He's in the right county jail. Yeah, well, and I told you... How'd you spend your summer? Right county jail. Yeah, right county and, jail. and Phil and Declan, I mean, he has the option to pursue a work release at some point here relatively soon. The question is, are the Wolves on board with some sort of work release, signing all that paperwork? But yeah, I can promise you Malik would love to get out of that right county jail cell. Sometime in the very, very near future, not have to serve all whatever it is, 85, 90 days, 95 days. Might be a little shorter than that because of uh, good behavior. But he might have a little bit of value. But, like, I don't know teams that are banging down the door to trade for Malik Beasley. But he's got that money that as you try to make the money work, that, that maybe he's a piece. But certainly Rubio is an expiring contract, has value, that he can still help a team. And teams love the fact that, you know, they can get him off the books one year from now. The thing is, though, Anthony Edwards on the lottery telecast on Tuesday 
Name dropped Rubio, said Ricky Rubio, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but the point was Anthony Edwards said Ricky Rubio had as big an impact on me, my success, my rookie year as anybody. So if you're the Wolves, do you really want to move Ricky Rubio? But it's Rubio, it's Beasley. Sure. Can you throw in a Culver and Okogie? You could. Is Gerson open-minded to moving a future first-round pick? I'm not necessarily on board with that, but if you can bring in a superstar, I don't think you're moving a future first-round pick to bring in Miles Turner, but if that's part of a Ben Simmons package, a Bradley Beal package, okay. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if if he thought about that. You know, but yeah, I mean they're they're somewhat limited, right? Like I don't think D'Angelo Russell is going anywhere. You can yeah. concoct any D'Angelo Russell to Philadelphia possibility you want where Simmons ends up here. I think the idea is to combine the former high school teammates, Russell and Simmons. Yes, they played together in high school in Florida. The idea would be to have those guys together. So you're not moving, I don't think, Russell to Philadelphia. You know, so I think the idea is Russell is here. Cat's not going anywhere. Anthony Edwards isn't going anywhere. How would you, you know, make that? Would I you suppose... make that work under the luxury tax, though? Like, could you? Let's say there was a conceivable way with future draft picks, Malik Beasley's contract. People make fun of Rubio, but that contract is very valuable for trade purposes. It is. It's, it's a fat expiring contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you fit conceivably Simmons, D'Lo, uh, Ant is on a Ant does not make much money for the next few years, and Cat? Could you make well, all that work and still have a supporting cast? You know what, though? Those rookie scout contracts have gone up. Like, you should look. It's I mean, like Anthony Edwards' million. money. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess, big picture, sure. And his next contract is going to trump <laughs> the rookie deal big time. But it's still 10-ish million dollars, $11 million. So it's still a decent chunk of change. You're right, because you pay the luxury tax, which Glenn's already done. They went into the luxury tax after the Russell trade after last year. You typically go into the luxury tax when you're on the cusp. Yeah. Of making a really, really <laughs> deep run. Like you feel like maybe not, you know, NBA finals run, but that you have a legit chance to make the conference finals. You're not paying the luxury tax if you're the 14th seed in the Western Conference. So that's where you would need to send out money, Phil. So that's where the Beasley money, the Rubio money, you know, Culver, Okogie. Like, I don't think they're married to any of those guys. The question would be this. Jaden McDaniels looks like he has a really bright future, but what exactly is his ceiling? You love the fact that he can guard multiple positions. Like, you feel okay with Jaden guarding threes. You feel okay with him guarding fours. I think he can guard some twos. But what's the offensive ceiling for Jaden McDaniels? I think that's an interesting conversation to have. But, like, could he be the feature piece? You need to make the money work. So that's where you throw in a Rubio, his expiring deal, Beasley, whatever. But would some team fall in love with the idea of acquiring Jaden McDaniels? And if so... Would Gerson move McDaniels? Okay, on the Ben Simmons front, so we've all seen, I don't think we've brought this up on this show, but I, but the, there's a Stephen A. Smith clip circulating from First Take a couple days ago where he gets a text message from somebody very close to the Sixers situation and Ben Simmons that told him he doesn't work hard, he surrounds himself with family that just you know feeds into saying yes to everything, that he's, he's not a grinder and uh, that there's some there's some deficiencies that might not be easily fixable by just shooting free throws more often this offseason. Um, and then, of course, you know, you know, Jimmy Butler exits Philadelphia a couple years ago, much in the same way that he exited Minnesota. And the guy that he was down on was Ben Simmons. He loved Joel Embiid. So um, does it does it make you I know I know the answer for Judd, but does it make you pause at all that we're hearing some of this stuff about Ben Simmons work ethic and personality? 
It doesn't, but it depends on what I'm giving up to bring him in. I understand all that steam, though. Like, I think there's, I think there's probably a decent amount of truth to what Stephen A. Smith put out there. You know, I, there's there's some of that dialogue, some of that chatter out there in league circles that there is some laziness there, that the work ethic isn't isn't a plus. But I would still take my chances with a player of that caliber. When I look at the Wolves' deficiencies. They have all sorts of warts defensively. Ben Simmons is a legit first-team all-defensive player, and he can guard multiple positions. Like You feel comfortable with him, just like Philadelphia did in the series against Atlanta, him guarding Trey Young full court, right? Yeah. Like You put him on the opposition, six-foot-one, you know, initiator of, of that offense, point guard, if you want to call it that, you know, Ben can guard so many different positions. The thing is with Ben, the one thing he can't do is the number one skill you need in the league. <laughs> it's put the ball in the basket, right? You know, but Score he does everything buddy. else so darn well. So, you know, whether he's a great practice player, you know, puts the time in in the weight room, I still think he produces enough. I think we're fixating too much on his failures in that Atlanta series that, that if you – Go deeper than that. There's so much to like about Ben. So I would be completely on board. If you have an opportunity to land Ben Simmons, you do it, especially if you're keeping Russell Edwards Towns. I just don't know how the Wolves make that work because I think think if you're Daryl Morey, Phil, you are going to have myriad options. You are going to have five, six, seven different trade possibilities if you truly entertain you know, shopping and and ultimately moving Ben Simmons. Like to me, the trade that makes complete sense is Portland finally blowing up that backcourt of McCullum and Damian Lillard. And now is the ideal time as they're about to hire a new coach, probably Chauncey Billups, but maybe somebody else that you move McCullum. Philadelphia needs more shooting. Seth Curry can't do it all that you move McCullum for Ben Simmons. You combine Simmons with Lillard. Like to me, that trade makes so much sense. But there's some other possibilities. So I'm just saying, if you're the Wolves, how do you trump what Portland can offer, what some other teams can offer? But if you do have that opportunity, I'm telling you, I would be all in on bringing Ben Simmons here. So if you're Gerson and you are trying to compete to get him, Doogie, what do you offer to the Sixers? What do you... what what? Where do you start and end to try and at least be competitive with a team like Portland? Well, Beasley, because they need shooting. Okay. But Beasley is not the central figure in, in a trade package that, that you would put together. But Beasley goes to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. All right. At least one future first, right? I mean, that would be the idea. If you're giving up a future first, you're bringing in a legit all star. Ben Simmons is that. All right. I'm telling you, do not. You know, hyperanalyze just these seven games against Atlanta. There's a lot to like about Ben Simmons. All right, so you would give up at least one future first. The question is, would it take two future firsts? You know, then I suppose it's Rubio. You got to make the money work. So it's probably know, a sorry, it, it might have to be a three year deal to, or, or, or a three way deal in that like Beasley goes to Philly. Um, maybe Rubio does or doesn't go to Philly, but the first round pick goes somewhere else. Like that's how most of these deals come to fruition. It is, and don't forget, Phil. I mean, Sachin Gupta in the Wolves front office, the creator of the trade machine, the trade machine guy. This should be easy yeah, for the I Timberwolves. Mean, trust me, they concoct a lot of different three and four team <laughs> trade ideas. So you're right about that. Where maybe Rubio doesn't end up in Philly, you know, he ends up somewhere else. I think if Philly does move Simmons though, and it's not for another you know big timer like a CJ McCollum. 
that you're probably ending up with two future firsts. That I would think it would take the, multiple, the that it's not high. just one. Okay. You know, but could it be one plus Jaden McDaniels? Like, that's where I'm saying are, maybe are where Jaden comes again, into then? play. Like, are we back to trusting the process again? Because, I mean, in that town. Well, I, no. No, I mean, yeah, Embiid, the fly. clock is ticking right. with that contract. Right. If you're Philadelphia, after you bring in Doc Rivers, you're thinking about making yes. another serious run next year. And that, I guess, would be a decent segue to Indiana today rehiring Rick Carlisle. Carlisle yeah. was their coach many, many years ago. Rick Carlisle is now back. I heard on my drive in that it's a four-year, $29 million contract. So you're paying Rick Carlisle all sorts of, of money. Because you think you can make a run next year. That you have Brogdon, you have Sabonis, and now TJ Warren, who missed all of the season. He is now healthy. He's back, and he's a good player. And you've got Karis Levert, and you have Miles Turner. Now, I'm not suggesting that Indiana now isn't going to move Turner, but if they do move Turner, it's for some sort of return that helps them make a run next year, that they're not moving Turner for you know, just you know, uh, McDaniel's or you know, a future first that that they want something that can help them immediately. And until I hear that Indiana has interest in Malik Beasley, which is possible, but until I hear that, I have a hard time believing that the Wolves can trump what some other teams can offer. Like Charlotte wants Miles Turner. There's some talk of maybe the Lakers, depending on what happens with Andre Drummond at the Lakers. Now I'm not suggesting the Lakers can offer a great package, but I think the Hornets can probably come up with a decent package where. If you're the Wolves, how do you trump what other teams can offer? So yeah. I'm positive, Phil. Like right now in Chicago at the Combine, Gerson is there, right? He's in person with all these other front office executives. There's a lot of trade chatter happening right now. But if you're the Wolves, how do you end up making the best offer possible, beating out what other teams can offer? I'll tell you what, too, just sort of independent of all these potential trades and moves they can make. Watching these NBA playoffs, you know, if you would have told me going in, all right, Steph's out, LeBron's out, uh, Kawhi's going to get injured, and like all these top stars are going to be out, I would have said, ooh, this, this might be a rough watch. But uh, it's been one of the most fun playoffs I can remember in recent history. It's much more like the NHL where it's wide open, it's fast, uh, there's just great basketball being played. And you already brought up some of these names, these these. Uh, let's let's call them offense initiation guards, right? Call them a point guard. You want to call them a combo guard? The Trey Youngs, the Donovan Mitchells, Devin Booker, and the and the hope is that the Wolves have that in Ant, right? But the biggest thing with those three guys specifically, with Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, and Devin Booker, and there's a couple others we could name. They are great leaders. They have that dog personality. I mean, look at Devin Booker with blood running down his nose. He's a leader. Like, he's learned a lot from Chris Paul just in terms of, I think, how to take that next step and have that Kobe-like mindset. What does the organization think of Ant Edwards as a personality and a leader going forward, Doogie? I think they really like his personality, his potential to be a really good leader. He still is 19 years old. He will not be 20 for approximately six weeks that they feel like he's got a lot of that bulldog to him, that any talk of him not loving basketball is hogwash, Mm -hmm. that he truly does love the sport, that he wants to be uber, uber, uber great, that there's a lot to like. But you think about shot selection, you think about shot making, you know, you think about his three-point shot specifically, forget the defensive end that needs all sorts of work. His offensive game still needs 
all sorts of work. But there is a belief that the player that Edwards will be at 21, 22, 23 is going to be a lot different than the player we see at 19 and 20. As far as he goes as well, Dukes, what do you think the thought process is on how long it's going to take to get him to be to, to be as complete a player? Because I think locker room-wise, I think he's fantastic. And at 19, that's impressive, which allows, as we talked about during the course of the season, allows Towns to sort of slide into a role that Carl Anthony Towns is probably going to be more comfortable at. So what's that process as far as, as making Ant a player that they feel that to where that step is taken. It was a weird year last year, right? No right. summer league. And no practice. No real true training camp in the sense of how we think about traditional training camp. Yep. No true preseason. Yeah, a couple exhibition games, but not a real preseason. I mean, think about this summer. Like, he's playing for the USA Select team, coached by Eric Spolstra, Miami Heat head coach. Think about playing against Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum mm-hmm. in practice. You know, these televised scrimmages that will take place here next month. Like, how great is that? Like, think about the step forwards. You know, he should take the multiple steps forward. He should take this summer just having that experience. And Gerson mentioned, yeah, maybe get him into one summer league game. But who cares about that well, Yeah, that's in not- August? It's these scrimmages. Yes. It's being around. Team USA, Chris Middleton, and go up and down the list of all these studs. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a huge deal this summer. You know, like, I don't think you can overstate that. Really, seriously. So, you know, the experience of this summer heading into the full 82-game schedule come next season, there should be a considerable leap that that the experience that, that you know, returning to some sense of normalcy, a large sense of normalcy, and having this specific experience out in Vegas here these next handful of weeks, that that will aid him greatly. Yeah, uh, Dukes, we know that you are on a tight schedule today, so if you've got some rapid-fire scoops here outside of the Timberwolves, fire away, man. Well, I can tell you, I mean, the Wolves are still, you know, they're interviewing prospects. I mean, they get interview time with these prospects. So, like, Mac McClung, who just had a good year at Texas Tech, started his collegiate career at Georgetown. He was actually part of the, the G League Combine earlier this week. I don't know if he got an invite to the NBA Draft Combine. But anyway, he's one of the prospects They've interviewed the last handful of days, and the Wolves are going to host this this big draft workout in early July. That that multiple teams will come in, you know, uh, presumably when when you know you're hosting, but these teams are coming in. You're splitting the costs, right? Right. You just happen to have the the gym space to be able to host such an event, but you know the the draft process is ongoing, even though they don't have a draft pick, right? Because they they need to assemble an Iowa Wolves roster. They need to assemble. A summer league roster, you look at the last two drafts, post-2019 draft, they sign undrafted free agent Nas Reed. Post-2020 draft, they sign undrafted free agent Ashton Haggins, good guard out of Kentucky, who unfortunately did some stupid stuff off the court down in the G League bubble in Orlando, and the Wolves decided to part ways. But that was a shrewd move at the time that a lot of people thought Haggins would get drafted. So for the Wolves to secure his services right after the draft, was a win. So the Wolves are going to go that route again. You know, I mean, there's going to be some good players that don't get drafted next month. So that's why the Wolves are doing all this draft homework. Otherwise, I'm trying to think what else, Phil. Jamal James, Shango, really good local boxer. He's got one of the championship belts. He is going to fight in August. This isn't out there. So, you know, mini scoop if you're into boxing. 
He is going to be on this big card in Vegas in August. It's the Manny Pacquiao card. I don't know if Manny is just a promoter, but MGM, one of the big venues out in Vegas, big pay-per-view event. This will be his biggest payday. He's going to fight some some fighter out of Eastern Europe or Russia. I don't have the specific name, but anyway, this will be Jamal James's (laughs) biggest fight coming up here before the summer is over. Yeah, Minneapolis-based Really good championship boxer. So if you're into boxing at all, you probably know who Jamal James is. So cool note on on Jamal James. I'm trying to think what the heck else. I'm talking to Joel Corey here in a few minutes, former NFL agent. About Daniel Hunter's contract? Yeah, about Daniel Hunter's contract. So he'll provide some, the Vikings some won, great clarity FYI. on that. The Vikings did win, but if you're Daniel and you feel like you are going to rebound, that we will see the Daniel Hunter we saw in 17, 18, and 19, yeah. that you are going to get paid next March. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Reckless speculation. On this Reckless Speculation Thursday, inside information about your favorite local sports teams, Five Eyewitness News, and the Scoop Podcast. We'll see you next week, buddy. Sounds good. And on the Twins, they got a bunch of draft people down in Cary, North Carolina. Major League Baseball finally doing a draft combine. We talk about the basketball draft combine. Yes, Major League Baseball, welcome to the year 2021 doing a draft combine. So I know Sean Johnson, Twins draft boss, some other scouts, some medical personnel are right now in Cary, North Carolina. The only local player participating is a kid from Mounds View High School, Will Rogers, who is going to Arizona State. Don't think he gets drafted high enough to sign, but really good catching prospect that will end up playing at Arizona State. Nice. There he is. All right, Dukes. We'll talk soon. Okay. See you, boys. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, by the way, those scoops presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, it's uh, you know severe weather season for the next few months in the state of Minnesota, and electrical outages can sometimes interrupt your business, whether it's disrupting phone systems, security systems, uh, refrigeration systems, which, by the way, that could be a problem at home, too. If Judd's beer goes cold... You got problems. No, goes warm. Goes warm. My my refrigerator gives out. It's over. Yep. So I will move out. Abandon the house. Federated can't help Judd with that problem, but they do have great resources to help you plan for weather emergencies with your business. Uh, Go to the risk management corner at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Can I ask a question? I can't get enough of this wolf stuff. This is so much fun. Me too, but I I got a bigger question than, than that. This show, you know, three people, pretty tight, I got to admit. I, I mean, you know, reckless speculation family, right? Sure. Like immediate family. Yeah. I might be sports dad, really nice view. Phil, yeah. uncle, Declan, brother. Um, and I feel like when, when we have RS in the family that we immediately tell the RS. other guy. <laughs> RS. We share RS. Reckless speculation shared freely. Declan, when were you going to tell us that you saw... Eddie Rosario at Red Cow. Saw it last yeah, night. I don't, no, I don't, but I mean, what? I, I buried the lead there. Well, yeah, and you like brought it in like as an afterthought. In fact, let's like go if back saw, here. If Phil saw Rosario in Seattle, he would tell us immediately. Absolutely. Okay, okay so here's the funny thing. Uh, so we, the three of us, have a text thread that we're just on it all day. We'll just you know, throw yeah. random links on Twitter. We'll, you know, sometimes we'll rip uh, fellow people in the local sports landscape and oh. uh, snicker amongst ourselves. Uh, it's just a lot of fun stuff on this text thread. So Declan saw Eddie Rosario at dinner last night, and while yep. he was presumably seeing Eddie Rosario at dinner, he's sending us random texts about the uh, oh, NHL game last night. A screenshot from a Judd's Hockey Show episode on our YouTube page. Yes. Um, Another text about how much fun that hockey game was last night. 
and here's a link to um, the Twins potentially not being ready to consider trading yeah. everyone. Like you're that texting us all this stuff, right? Like you're, but you're burying the lead, which is yeah. that you saw Eddie Rosario, the most important Red part Tell of your night. Time. Yeah, yeah. So I did. Sorry, I, I did a takeout. I just did takeout. Yeah, but and uh, there was Eddie Rosario and, and family at at the at the local Red Cow that I live by. I just feel like that's far more important than anything Phil just read us from the text thread uh, I last disagree. night. I, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, making nice conversation. I was trying to give out some fodder for for tomorrow's show and right. But else. Rosario being at Red Cow is fodder for the show. Speaking of oh. texts, as I look at these texts, I have seventy six unread text messages. Oh my god, that gives me anxiety. How do you do that on a on one specific thread uh, with our friend Jake DePew about? The oh, it's just, I have a yeah, because it just goes one, 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 one. Yeah. yeah. So I'll have to catch up on, uh, on those. All my group texts, all my group texts, my siblings, yours, a couple other friends, all muted at all times. I hate constant notifications on my phone. I feel you there. I, I finally muted. The family one? Even the family one. But what if, okay, what if something, ha- like, what I'll if get they- a call. I will get a call. If well, you're you're also like, you're also checking your phone at least yeah, like three I'm, or four like, times an hour anyways. So Absolutely. I'm addicted to my phone. Like my screen time is probably an average of six hours a day, which is yeah. pretty yeah. damn high. Yeah, I'm I'm at the same. Yeah, six hours I've had to meet a couple. Like sometimes, you know, like if my wife grabs my phone for like if her oh. phone's dead or whatever, and like Boy. she's right, <laughs> yeah, and and, and like you you would think, oh, like what embarrassing things could be on a guy's phone, right? All the side chicks that you're talking right. to, like and Doug, that's your other phone, the, the, and that's your other right? phone. Pacific so. Northwest man, like, never know. For me, the embarrassing thing is when I get when she's looking at my phone or on the Amazon account or something, and there's like 77 messages that pop up during that time period, ranting about the twins, and that's why I've had to mute some of these group threads. It's like. Okay. I don't need to be questioned about, you know, why why are you and your friends so mad about, uh, you know, the twins' handling of Lamont Wade Jr.? I don't want to have to explain that to my wife. Well, but it's apparent why. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Like, that's an important thing. Akil Badu, Anderson, where are you? Really, you really thought Sean Anderson was going to yeah. be valuable on the 40 man? Akil Badu is about to win Rookie of the Year in the American League second-round pick, and you guys just... Akil Badu, where are you? Going and yes. put him on the 40-man roster? It's terrible. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm you, pissed off right who, now. Who do you keep texting? Jake from State Farm? Farm. No, no, it's my buddies yeah, on my twins. Yeah. Thread. yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. Anyway, Eddie Rosario at Red Cow. Yeah. To me is a pretty good scoop. It is. Look at you. This is a good man. I'm trying. I'm, I'm moving up in this Minnesota landscape. I'm trying. Doogie I'm just trying. brought 30 minutes of scoops, and Declan had the top scoop. And Doogie brought some good stuff there. There was Declan some good stuff. Doogie did bring scoop. some good stuff. Thank you. This wolf stuff is... Again, the Wolves offseason consistently and always more fun, mm-hmm. usually, than their on-court theatrics. It is. And I'll tell you, I am irrationally optimistic and excited for the Wolves' future, watching what we're watching with the Hawks and the Suns, and even what the Jazz have put together the last two or three years with Donovan Mitchell. Um, it just it seems like more teams are making bigger jumps than usual. Yes. And I think part of it's because of injuries. Part of it's because the last two years have just been wonky. So maybe we'll settle back in and it'll, it'll be, uh, you know, there'll be like two dynasties and everybody else. But right now, the fact that the league is this wide open, somebody who wrote about, somebody wrote about this, the comparison between um, the NFL and the NBA and that the NFL rarely, like the, the Patriots were a dynasty, Mm-hmm. But even but even the Patriots went like ten years between Super Bowl championships, and uh, and it's just 
regardless of who's playing in the Super Bowl, it's always the playoffs are always fun. It's always kind of wide open with some favorites. Yep. And the NFL isn't reliant on like a face of the NFL. Like if Tom Brady retires tomorrow, we're not going to be looking around like, oh my God, what are we going to do? No, it's fine. Um, for a while, it was like Michael Jordan retires. Oh my God, the NBA is screwed. LeBron James is out. Oh my God, the NBA is screwed. The NBA is fun right now. That's and I great. Hope, I hope the Wolves join that party to some extent in 2021-22. When's the last time that this league had a crop of potential young stars this strong too? Be- Dude, because like nuts. there's a lot, like there's a lot, there's a lot of guys now. It, it feels like it used to be there. There was a group of guys, right? Like five mm-hmm. guys, right? At the most. And that there was a LeBron or an MJ, and that was the dominant figure. Yeah, this playoff now to me is is revealing a, a variety of guys that yes. can be stars and are fun and are probably appreciated by different people. So yeah, this is this to if you are the commissioner, I think you're thrilled about this. It is a blast. I mean, Trey Young is sort of the next generation Steph Curry here, right? Like he's. He basically looks and plays the same. He's diminutive, about six foot one. He shoots from anywhere. He's uh, he's he scored forty eight points last night and brought them back from down. And he's probably not even one of the six or seven first people you think of when you think of like top players going into the playoffs here. Donovan wasn't Mitchell, previously. Devin yep. Booker, right? So yeah, it's it's super fun. And listen, the door. I'm not going to say it's wide open because, like, Luka Doncic is going to bounce back with the Mavericks and whatnot, but the door is at least cracked for the Wolves to get in the mix in the Western Conference, to get in the mix. So we'll see. The thing that I think is so valuable as well is this group of young players embraces fun and like they'll trash talk but they have fun and, and they bring attitude. Like, it's everything that you want now. Because it's not, I don't, I think the majority of players now in pro sports are past the, I'm offended, you can't, you know, you're a young player, you can't do that. And it feels like the smart sports, like basketball, are transitioning to a Trey Young or a Booker. Those guys can carry themselves in a way that makes it fun to watch. It's it's the equivalent of if baseball would just accept bat flips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Tatis, true. like if Tatis was just the norm, mm-hmm. so... I think it's great. Dude, I think it's great for the sport. Real quick here, I, I've got I've got the NBA playoff stats up. Here are players twenty seven and younger. Okay, twenty. So guys who are either not even in their prime yet or are emerging into their prime. Twenty seven and younger who have averaged twenty five points per game or more in this year's playoffs. So just this year's playoff teams, not counting guys who missed the playoffs. Right. Uh, Dylan Brooks with Memphis. Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Giannis, Jokic, the MVP. Bradley Beal is only 27. John Morant. John Morant's 21, averaged 30 points in five playoff games with Memphis. And he's got a real good chance to pop up here. Yep. Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Luka Doncic. Those are all dudes under the age of 27 who have averaged 25 points or more in this year's playoffs. And notice... You know, then there's like the layer of Hall of Famers on top: Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, like uh, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. um, that we talk about all the time. So it's a it's been fun. And if you're, I think there's there's a lot of people that still think like no one cares about basketball in Minnesota. They would just move the Wolves out already. No man, so there wrong. are there are a lot of people that I would venture to say that 
if if the Wolves were giving you relevant basketball for the same amount of time as the Wild gave you relevant hockey, like neither team won a championship, but the Wild were competitive and good and splashy in trades and free agency, that um, I think people would feel much more differently. But, you know, basketball fans in the state of Minnesota are just wandering through the desert. They just want anything, like, literally just be the <laughs> yeah. 10 seed and play a play-in game, for God's sakes. Just or, give us something. If the Wolves are Gophers, were relevant and really good because I mean that that's the the thing is people forget Clem's Gophers ratings wise killed they did fantastic people are people just want one of those two teams to be good they'll pack the barn they'll pack um they'll pack the arena they will watch the games but I mean this is a really good basketball town but you have to at least be relevant you can't just yeah. be bad all the time yeah so uh, so we're gonna yeah I mean. Wild and Wolves, so many things that could potentially happen this offseason for both franchises. Reckless speculation. And uh, if the Twins don't do something interesting like win a bunch of games or make a bunch of trades soon, then uh, they will fall even further behind in the relevancy standings here. But we got you covered on Mackie and Judd, Judd's Hockey Show. And if you haven't already, subscribe to one of our two YouTube channels, Score North MN and Purple Daily Podcast, and we'll get you... Uh, daily videos, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And for tomorrow, Judd, did you wind up finding while you were sleeping somewhere for uh, for uh, Rom-Com I'm going to watch it Rewind? today. Yeah, I'm going to watch it Prime today. had okay. it. Yep. All right, I know you were having some problems finding this mid-90s Rom-Com classic. I had Disney Plus. Disney Plus had it, and I don't have Disney Plus, and Dude, I don't want to subscribe to Disney, Disney, Disney Plus. Disney Plus is amazing. But I'm going to get it for, because I, I think that they're, Going to have some hockey stuff once ESPN yep. wants to transition. So I will get get it eventually. But yeah, I, I just you know what? Why doesn't Xfinity just have the damn film for three ninety nine themselves? They have most films. That's what I want. Just make it as easy as possible <laughs> for me. Like make my work easier. I'm willing to pay for it. Well, Amazon is because my choice the easiest was, place yeah, to ever well, get anything. And it's three ninety nine. So, but but go. my choice was to like buy it too. It's like I'm not going to buy this thing for eighteen dollars. You, you, you can just you could rent it for. $4. I know off of Prime, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm like, just saying that's not really that different. I just Xfinity. like to say no, but I like to pick up my thing, my my, oh my uh, remote control, and say what's the difference while yeah. you were because it would have just popped up then, and then I had yes, to go to the Prime. And, no, I do two, no, no, no. It's two or three extra this is things. It's two this extra is things. Just, okay. But anyway, I'm going to watch it today. All right. I think you're going to feel differently about uh, not wanting to buy the movie after you watch it. I think you're. Going I to saw want to buy it. I told you, you. 1995. The wife and I went to see it in the I theater. Love, I love Sandra Bullock. She was big back then. I love what? What was the the one that she did? Was it 28 Days as well? It, it was a serious film about she was an alcoholic, I think, and checked herself. More of in the a tree. Miss Congeniality. I saw that myself. one. Yeah, that's Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt was in that one. Mm-hmm. Miss Congeniality. I think that's right film. after he left my show. That's Law and Order. Which right. I binged yesterday again for the ninth. Okay, Ross time. Rendell. Yeah, yeah. Ross and I. Are, hey, yeah. Ross and I talk Law and Order yeah. on his podcast sometimes. Do. Okay, just you keep do. your shirts on. All right, we'll see Please. you guys tomorrow. Oh God, night. yeah. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.